is the main satellite. The main satellite. You motherfuckers hear that? The main satellite. Dear listeners, welcome back to the main satellite. I am Tamarcus Prime, and I'm here with my brother Brody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're going to talk about something we've been wanting to talk about for a long time. Mm-hmm. Tell them where we from, man. As my brother just said, Mr. Prime has just said, Tamarcus Prime. <laughs> I am from, we are from Goldsboro, North Carolina, the city of gold. Mm-hmm. Whether you want to admit it or not, naysayers. And um, that's home, brother. That's home. Yeah. That is home forever. Even if you where you are in Charlotte, I'm where I am currently in Winston-Salem, Goldsboro, the city of gold will always be home. We are Goldsboroanites. <laughs> Goldsboroanites, that's what we are. We're here to talk about something that we've been talking about for decades. That's right. Um, representation in film, particularly science fiction, fantasy, horror, mm-hmm. dramas. That's right. Representation of the black and brown person. Um, so let's uh, focus on some superhero movies. Okay. I watch these movies and I'm torn between liking them and not liking them because black and brown people are so underrepresented. Mm-hmm. Usually when I watch them, I get drawn in and I kind of have to force myself to forget about the main characters being white. Mm-hmm. Even though I could empathize with these characters, knowing they don't look anything like me, at times I end up shedding tears over mm-hmm. some of the things I watch. But when I come back to reality from this awesome storytelling experience, I feel sad because we don't get to see ourselves in the spotlight all the time in these movies. We're often side characters, accessories to make the main characters look accepting and cool. Shit, we've been riding on the high of Black Panther for a long time since it came out. We're still riding on it. And a lot of times I just think to myself, man, like I I wonder what what must it feel like to have that feeling all the time, Mm -hmm. all the time with every new release movie especially mm-hmm. these these uh superhero comic book movies mm-hmm. what must it feel like to 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 have that feeling every time a movie come out man to have something be so pronounced that it's not worth paying attention to because that's the reality for you and yours that's very it's very sad it is infuriating but above all as a black american man as black american men of our age and i'm sure it's the same way for a lot of younger people and older people it is beyond everything else is frustrating because it appears as if we don't have we don't have the same agency within these stories and or autonomy these characters within these stories that our white counterparts have. And to have that be so much the norm to you that you don't even think about it, 
that's that must be a wonderland of a fucking reality yeah. to occupy. You never having to think about it. You know, <laughs> you hear. Um, I've heard some, um, and I'm sure I know we have heard white people, celebrities, average everyday people say things like, "Why must you make everything about race? Why must you make everything about representation?" But that's your prime reality. You occupy a different, just a different, a different space than what your average black person does or what any black person does in America. So what does it feel like? I am assuming it feels extraordinary. So much so that you don't have to notice how extraordinary it feels. It's just your regular, it's your reality. It's your everyday default. reality. It's the default. It's the default. We don't get to feel that way. Now we do get to feel that way when it comes to stereotypes, basketball, uh, football, rap, hip hop, R&B, various other areas. And of course, things that come down in the negative, like uh, carjacking, Chicago, uh, shootings, drugs, the dealing of drugs and things like that. So I would imagine that it feels as great to them and the positive as it feels to us in the negative, to always have the finger pointed at you, and because you look a certain way, because your hair is a certain texture, because you're a certain hue, you're a certain shade, right? We all know how horrible it feels. At least you and I know how bad, how, how shitty it is to feel that way, and, and in the negative, and that's where we are. So the, the polar opposite of that is how it must feel, except for they don't, they don't have any cause to notice it, whereas we have no choice but to notice it 24-7. That is how it feels, I believe, brother. Just to be able to put yourself in the shoes of the character on the screen and mm -hmm. just be and feel empowered all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, we do it now with these characters, even though they're white. When I'm working out, I think about, you know, something like Captain America, how physically fit he is, or mm -hmm. or Thor or something Superman. like that. Yeah. Superman, of course, Batman, mm -hmm. Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you Wolverine. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we do it all the time. We do. But then when you when you come down off that high, man, it's like I don't know, man. It's just it's what, sad. It's really it sad. Is, it is very sad and it's extraordinarily frustrating. And one of the things that makes it very frustrating to people like us is when you are working out or when you are running or when you are trying to overcome uh, some obstacle, and it doesn't always, they don't always have to be physical, but let's say that's what we're focusing on now, right? Mm -hmm. Or any obstacle, period, man. You're trying to overcome some obstacle, you think to yourself, well, what would Captain America do? What would Wolverine do? Mm -hmm. What would Superman do, right? What would Spider-Man do? Those characters in and of themselves are, I mean, they've stood, they stood the test of time, and they're going to continue doing so. They're awesome fucking characters, awesome backstories. Uh, they've been written well by and large for decades, okay? Decades and decades. But thinking about it, as you were speaking of before about working out and, and, and various other things that are, that, are, that are conflicts to us, that are obstacles in our way, you know, as you have done, I have found myself doing that throughout the course of my life. And I'm not thinking about the fact that this is a white man more often than not. This is a white man that I'm idolizing and I'm attempting in the real world and real life to emulate this character. That character is going to inspire me to greatness. And it's only after, like you said, when I pulled myself out of it that I realized 
And you have to, you have to, we don't know that we're doing it. We, we don't know that we're doing it, Mark. We're so accustomed to it. We're so accustomed to it. But when you pull back, you're like, God damn, like, is, is that how it is? <laughs> and am I ever going to be able to, you know, shed that? Now, there are people in the world who might say, well, Black Panther's been around since 1962. Or Storm has been around since 1975. Or Power Man, Luke Cage, has been around since the 70s. Or Cyborg has been around since the early 80s. And various other black characters, right? But most of these characters aren't given top billing. Typically, they are sidekick characters. Or as you said earlier, meant to bolster the humanity or popularity or strength whatever positive attributes these title characters for lack of a better word the marquee characters for lack of a better word whatever positive attributes they display more often than not these characters of color have been used to bolster what makes these the, the, the title characters the marquee characters who happen to be white more often than not well always for a very long time yeah. decades and decades um to bolster what makes them so great to begin with we only get to feel that it's almost like every 20 years mm -hmm. uh, that's what it feels like um mm -hmm. when was the last time it happened brother for the you la the last time it happened for me was uh with black panther that was mm -hmm. what was that 2018 2018 and what about 20 years before that yeah 20 years prior it was uh blade <laughs> <laughs> blade <laughs> that was great that was awesome yeah when we went to go see blade in 1998 god has been such a long that's it's been <laughs> over 20 years ago we went to go see that film in 1998 we went in we thoroughly enjoyed it and i remember us being familiar with who the character was we knew about the character but this was a comic book film in 1998 and we weren't sure whether it was going to be great or not. And needless to say, we came out and we had, we had thoroughly enjoyed it, thoroughly enjoyed it. When we came out, it was uh, around dusk, got a darkening outside. When we come out, leaning up against the wall, off to the left, we see a black man and he's got on shades and he's leaning against the motherfucking wall, the outer wall of the theater. And we look at him and he's looking for it. Like he is stoic. He is badass when I happen to say anything uh, uh, to that about that notion or about that uh, level of existence that position where he is and we just knew we just <laughs> knew that he had come out of the theater but just a, a hair's breath before us and he had seen Blade and I believe he had on a lone coat <laughs> yeah. he had either a lone coat or a jacket or something but this motherfucker and he had to be what in his, his late 30s early 40s yeah had to be where we are now in our early 40s. And we resolved to believe right then and there. This, this guy had just walked out of the theater just moments before us. And he was standing there thinking he was motherfucking Blade. Yeah, he just knew he was Blade. He just knew he was fucking Blade. Dark outside and he got on shade. And I don't I don't believe he ever looked directly at us. <laughs> but he was, he was in profile, Mark. You remember that? He was in profile. Yeah. And we stared over at him. And we looked at one another and we burst out fucking laughing because we knew what the fuck he was doing. And bully for him. Bully for him because when we came out, that's how we wanted to fucking feel. We had yeah. been inspired by this character, by this uh, brilliant, powerful, clever, funny 
well-rounded, three-dimensional mm -hmm. character, man. So I couldn't blame, we couldn't blame this 35 to 40 plus year old man for feeling the way he felt. He had felt something he hadn't felt since black exploitation films were a thing, since Shaft was a motherfucking thing. Hmm. And truth be told, the truth be told, you and I felt the same fucking way. We just weren't mm -hmm. as bold as you were. <laughs> but between you, between you and me, it's like, yeah, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna do this, this is what we're gonna do, you know? Um, but that was 20 fucking years ago. It was exactly t just about 20 years. In fact, mm -hmm. it was 20 years before Black Panther. Took 20 years for us to have that feeling again. Mm -hmm. Speaking of, oh, well, let's, let, let's say this before we, before I ask you this question. Mm -hmm. Blade, um, he kind of, even though he's, it, that movie isn't part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, mm -hmm. he was, he was like the um, test rat. They didn't. They didn't really think that movie was gonna do well. They didn't, and it did yeah. really, really well. So we yeah. chose. So they didn't know this is a vampire character. Very few people are aware of who Blade even fucking is. Mm -hmm. Started out in Tomb of Dracula, with, uh, written by Marv Wolfman. He was created by a guy named Marv Wolfman. Wrote Marv Wolfman wrote the Teen Titans. He wrote Deathstroke. He wrote Justice League. This this dude is was was a fuck of a writer. And he still is. Uh, Tomb of Dracula. Dracula, he created uh, Blade in the 1970s. And Tomb of Dracula, the series was popular, but it took a while for Blade to become popular. Hmm. Blade became very popular. So the character wasn't a superhero. He was a street-level vamp half-vampire, fucking vampire hunter. It had been years since the comic had been, Blade didn't have his own comic at the time. And he wasn't really guest-starring in anybody else's comic at the time. I remember this. And so for Marvel to take this chance, the best they could hope was that they would break even. He was a guinea pig, like you said. Mm -hmm. The character was a fucking guinea pig. And they thought, well, fuck, we can get, we can get Wesley Snipes. He's A-list material. Back mm -hmm. then, Wesley Snipes was the absolute stone cold shit. Mm -hmm. You get him, you got a movie that's got a chance. It's got a <laughs> real fighting fucking chance. And surprise, surprise, although we are positive, they didn't expect the film to do well, it did really well. Mm -hmm. We say to this day that Blade ought to be, the history of the current Marvel Cinematic Universe ought to be retconned to make Blade a part of it. Because if it weren't for Blade, these films wouldn't exist as they exist now. Uh, uh. And that was on the back and the popularity of a black character, a black actor to portray him, and at least one other black character in the film, the Doctor. They so, forgot that shit. Yeah. Oh, they want They want to act like they forgot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So all you people out there who give credit to Iron Man, mm -hmm. the Iron Man movie, starting off the Marvel Cinematic Universe, y'all need to pay some respects mm -hmm. to Blade, <laughs> to Wesley Snipes, because if if, I... if if Blade, if Wesley didn't do that, then there wouldn't be a Marvel Cinematic Universe. Definitely, in not. my opinion. In our opinion. That's right. That's right. There would have been a Black Panther film. These characters wouldn't exist as they exist now. Nah. Mark, it's been a while since I have had my serum. <laughs> I need my serum. Where's my fucking serum? Serum. Serum. If you're not a person who's seen the Blade films, particularly the first one, uh, you're not going to understand that reference, but we've been saying it for fucking 20-some years. <laughs> I need my serum. Give it to me. 
<laughs> yeah. Pay allegiance to the guinea pig character, Blade. And pay allegiance to Wesley Snipes and to David Goyer and everybody else who had something to do with that film. Because the Marvel Cinematic Universe would not exist as it does if it weren't for that. That's when they knew that it was a, it was a, they were viable properties, man, in terms of being cinematic. That's when they knew. And it was a black character. Like so many other things, a black person headed the revolution. So that brings us to current day, this new Black Panther movie coming out. Mm -hmm. They've already said they're, they're not going to um, recast T'Challa mm -hmm. in this film. Mm -hmm. But going forward, do you think they should recast T'Challa? Yes and no. I'm of two minds on this score. No, because I can't picture anyone else doing what they would he would need to do after Chad Chadwick did what he did. The character is so infused with who he was as an actual human being that, and of course he was able to incorporate those aspects into the portrayal of the character that it, I would be hard put to at least at first be on board with whoever the actor happened to be who'd be the well the recast so on that on that end of things no I don't think he ought to be recast but you and I have discussed this before the kind of person that Chadwick at least seemed to be publicly no one would be happier than him to 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 have another black actor given the opportunity given the opportunity to portray this 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 character this rich inspirational powerful character nobody would be happier than him than him to have the part recast because he obviously can't do it the same way he was given a chance to portray that character and to inspire so many black boys and girls and men and women of all ages and backgrounds I rather think he would be happy to have someone follow follow up his performance. I think nobody would be happier than him to have that happen. So, although I think I would have a hard time accepting the character as portrayed by this recast, at first, I think I could accept it. I would have a choice but to accept it, so long as the character is well-written and the actor is decent in what he does. Oh, and as long as the character was were darker skinned. Mm. On the other hand, if they decide not to recast the character, at least right now, I would also be okay with that because in the comics, and I know the movies ought not to have to follow the comic storylines. They shouldn't in a lot of ways. They can't in a lot of ways. The Black Panther, as is expressed in the comic, and as 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 is expressed in the, um, in the first film, is an ancestral title. So he has a sister. T'Challa had a sister, Shuri, who's already in the film. She's already an established character. The mythology is already an established character. The genealogy is an established uh, thing. And the heritage is an established thing, too. So if uh, Ryan Coogler decided he did not want to recast the actor or recast the character T'Challa slash Black Panther, then what they could do is have her take up the mantle. And we haven't seen black women in the Marvel Cinematic Universe portrayed much at all beyond Okoye. 
And if you want to count, someone else we will mention later on. But betrayed, betrayed well, I'll say. So I will be, I will be um, absolutely up for that, for them to recast um, the character as a, uh, recast another dark-skinned black man as T'Challa slash Black Panther, or if they decided they didn't want to do And at some point, they're going to do that. They're going to do it at some point, for sure. But if they decided they wanted to go the opposite direction and bump Shuri up to being the character who takes on the Black Panther mantle, Black Panther mantle, I'd be okay with that too. Because black women are under, underrepresented in cinema, and in particular in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Yes, they're better than what they were, but it's incremental, and we need to, we need to punch it up. We need to knock it up a couple of notches. How do you feel about the part being recast? I think they should recast. Mm -hmm. Recast T'Challa. ASAP. I I love Chadwick. I, I love just about everything that he's done. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think they should recast T'Challa because it's, it's, it's important. We need that representation. Mm -hmm. We need that. Even if, even if you know, Shuri is the Black Panther mm -hmm. going forward in this movie and, and others, if they make others. Um, they still need to recast T'Challa. I mean, they've they've been a number of um, uh, Bruce Wayne's and Batman, a uh, number of Spider-Man, Spider um, number of Superman. Mm-hmm. So I think it's I think it's important that we have another T'Challa. We need that. Mm -hmm. I would love to see Shuri uh do her thing as mm -hmm. as the, the Black Panther. That would be great. Mm -hmm. That would be great to see uh a black woman head a movie. Mm -hmm. A Marvel a, a movie in the Marvel universe, Marvel cinematic universe. Mm -hmm. Um there was something else I was gonna say about that. Oh, I was gonna agree with you on who they should get if you know if they choose to recast T'Challa I agree he he definitely needs to be a, a darker skinned man mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily have to be a well-known actor they can find mm -hmm. somebody you know some newcomer mm -hmm. that's very talented that would that would, I think that would be cool it would be very cool um it's someone also who can define the part by way of their 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 acting chops mm -hmm. and not by what they've done previously. It couldn't be someone whose superpower or whose superstardom would overwhelm the part. And Chadwick was the perfect actor for that. He was brilliant, he was well-known, but he wasn't well-known for being in big, quote-unquote, blockbuster films. So it was kismet the way that it happened. If another act, if the part is recast, I think either Kugler should go that kind of move in that same direction or cast someone, as we were speaking of before, who is completely unknown, but who has credentials. And also be darker skinned. That <laughs> is a motherfucking trend that needs to continue. Yeah, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, So that brings us to uh, our sister's in these movies, mm -hmm. these superhero movies, mm -hmm. we don't see enough of them. Mm -hmm. We definitely don't see enough of them. Um, one of my favorite parts in the whole slew of Marvel movies 
is uh in Captain America Civil War, uh when Io and T'Challa yeah. are walking out of this building and they they're going to the car and um Black Widow is standing there, kind of in the way, mm. and uh Io says, "Move or you will be moved." Man, that shit, <laughs> that shit was that was powerful, <laughs> man. That was yeah. she didn't even have to do anything to to mm. to let you know that she's badass. That's and right. we need to see more of that. We need to see more badass sisters on these screens. That's we, right. I'm tired of seeing skinny ass white women be badass. We got enough of that. A skinny ass white woman beating up eight, five to eight men at the same time. I'm tired of seeing that shit. With nary a hair out of place. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. We need some sisters in there, man. Mm-hmm. I wish they would have. Uh, I wish uh, Io would have got more. Um, had a bigger part in uh, Civil War and in I wish he had a bigger part in Black Panther also Mm -hmm. I agree with you when it comes to um, that scene and a lot of people it turns out a lot of black people were uh, a little disappointed or a lot disappointed um, when the character didn't show up again Mm -hmm. in, in that film the truth is, she didn't have to do much to show you who and what she was. No posturing. <laughs> what she she what she did was she made a statement. Move or be moved. <laughs> she didn't strike a blow. She didn't make a threat. She was doing what a member of the Dora Milaje was supposed to motherfucking do. But the actress who portrayed that mm-hmm. character first off she's a, she's stunningly beautiful uh uh tall broad in terms of her 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 presence she's black reg- woman regal just regal talk about storm if if they're going to recast storm because we know the x-men films are coming look you got a ready made storm right there with the features the height the fucking presence the regal aspect the character didn't have to do any more than that. And we didn't get any more of her. Oh, we've had a little bit more of her since then. But precious little. Still wasn't enough. <laughs> some some of you some of you listening already know that she was on um uh what was that? Falcon and Winter Soldier. She had mm-hmm. some some action scenes in that. Mm-hmm. And they were badass. Mm-hmm. Uh but we need to see more from her yeah. and others. That's right. So who do we have? Just not in those Marvel movies, mm-hmm. but on TV and movies and commercials and stuff like we Overall. don't see enough of them. Overall, yeah. like yeah. if 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 aliens came to Earth and all they had to go off of was what they saw on TV and and in movies, they would think that black women didn't even exist. They would. As far as these Marvel movies, who who do we have? So. In the Marvel films, we have, let's, let's count them, my brother, <laughs> my beautiful brother, let's count them. We've got Okoye, by far the most popular black character who is a woman in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. We have Okoye, we have Valkyrie, played by Tessa Thompson, and uh, she's in the Thor films, or has been sporadically in the Thor films. Um, and later on, Avengers films. We have um, 
Oh, Jesus, black women. We have... Uh, Nakia. The, Nakia. We do. We have Shuri. And we have... The Queen. The, the Queen. Oh. Angela Bassett. And we also have the hopefully future double cast Storm, who we just finished speaking about. Let, let her <laughs> be Storm. She needs to be, fucking be Storm. <laughs> That's five characters. We also have another black character <laughs> who's a woman in the MCU uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe. And that is Monica Rambeau, Photon, or Captain Marvel depending on what your, your wisdom and knowledge is of the uh, Marvel Universe, the comics. Now, my brother and I have, you and I have some very specific views and thoughts on this character, Monica Rambo, who, if you, dear listener, is unaware of who she is, she is a, a character who had a black woman and her primary abilities. First off, she is actually a military, uh, a character who served time in the military, highly decorated, um, strong, independent, beautiful. She served as leader of the Avengers in the comics several times, like a very distinguished leader and, uh, in the comic books. And this is back in the 1970s and 80s. So this is pretty, it was pretty astonishing at that point in time. She wasn't written as a caricature. She wasn't written as a, uh, uh, a stereotype. She was a woman who happened to be black, who was badass, who was brilliant, clever, and had the chops to lead the fucking Avengers. Her powers are, she is essentially a walking, talking, electromagnetic spectrum. She controls every aspect. She can become every aspect of the electromagnetic spectrum. But for those dear listeners who don't know what her Marvel Cinematic Universe debut was, it was... <laughs> WandaVision. Now, tell me how you feel, because I know your thoughts on this brother, but let's let our dear listeners hear what your perspective is, your perspective on the main satellite. <laughs> it's an impromptu motherfucking episode. <laughs> what are your feelings and your thoughts on Monica Rambeau and WandaVision, this black character in the Marvel Cinematic Universe? I'll start with WandaVision overall. I hated it. I didn't like it. Man, it was torturous watching it. Mm -hmm. I stopped watching it. <laughs> I actually stopped watching it. And you um but... you, you, uh, picking it back up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like to call it Karen Vision. Mm. Because mm. the whole thing is about a uh, murderous white woman freaking out, freaking out because she can't have what she wants. Mm -hmm. And other people have to suffer for it. And mm -hmm. as far as Monica Rambeau. Wait a she, minute. Wait a minute. Hold yeah. a minute. What do you call it again? Karen Vision. <laughs> yeah. That's what it is. That's, that's what it is. It's apt. It's accurate. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. As far as Monica Rambeau, uh, throughout the entire series, she's making excuses for Wanda. She's trying to save Wanda and Wanda don't want anything to do with her. She don't want her fucking help. My level of anger just, just kept increasing as I watch her make excuse after excuse. What are your thoughts on that? My thoughts on Monica Rambeau 
within WandaVision, and I should give my perspective on WandaVision as a whole as well. As you've mentioned, if it hadn't been for me badgering you, you would have never gone back and um, experienced the rest of it. You are not a fan of WandaVision. Yes, there were some parts of it that were decent, but you overall, you're not a fan of it. I, on the other hand, I can't say I 100% fairly enjoyed it because I did not, and I'll mention why in a moment, what would have what kept that from happening. But overall, I, I really enjoyed it for what it was. But I could have enjoyed it a lot more. I mean, when it was when it was happening, I remember you and I talking, and I'm like, man, you got to get on that WandaVision, man. You got to get on it. And you were like reluctant. No, I don't want to, you know, I don't know about that. And eventually you were like, well, I'm going to check it out because it might be good. And, and you, I know your taste, so it can't be bad. You know, surely not. And you watched it and had to leave off of it on episode two or three. And then I continued to worm my way into your head. Okay, man, just 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 let it be what it is. You'll enjoy it. So you, you went back into it. But I would say the thing that made it not an A++ to me, Mark, you remember the A++? Remember those? Like, you just knew when you were in elementary, you just knew you were special. I got an A. I got an A++. I'm more special than you are. The thing that kept me from seeing WandaVision and still keeps me from seeing WandaVision as an A++ effort is the character, first and foremost, the character of Monica, Monica Rambeau. But also, I'll go ahead and get this out of the way. Yes, it was Karen Vision. It was Karen Vision for sure. What it came down to is, although I love the character of the Scarlet Witch, I've known about her since I was four or five years old. I'm a lifelong comic book comic reader. Uh, it ended up being an exercise in Karenisms. A white woman couldn't have what she wanted, so she exploded. Everybody around her had to suffer the consequences of her petulance and during the situation uh excuses were made for her time and again the characters who were pursuing her to take her down to put her down to subdue her were framed as the villains <laughs> of the piece and throughout the course of the series there were characters who couldn't help but but make excuses for her fuckery the entire way through and when it ended, she was not held accountable for any of her fucking behavior. One character says, the character that I'm going to bring up now, Monica Rambeau says, well, if it were me, I probably would have done the same thing. If it were you, you probably would have done the same thing. Who could blame her? This ultimate Karen who can warp, who can alter reality. The main thing that makes it not what it could have been to me, particularly now, is the abject fucking servitude of the Monica, Monica Rambeau character. When she's first introduced, she is introduced as a military woman. She's got her own, these words I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep using, agency. She has her own autonomy. She is rising up. Even her mama was famous. Everybody loved her mama, what she did. She was a, a highly decorated officer. And it looked by all accounts, like Monica was gonna walk was gonna walk in her footsteps. She was gonna achieve that same sort of greatness. And that's the way it was going before. She was a smart, very clever, wise, scrappy, strong black woman. She was three-dimensional with the character. 
up until episode maybe two when she was introduced to the anomaly. When she was introduced to Wanda and the pocket dimension, the pocket reality she created. From that point forward, she was a microphone of Apollos on Wanda's behalf, who, by the way, did not want anything to do with her. It became more of what we discussed earlier, which is a, a powerful, otherwise engaging, three-dimensional, powerful black character being used to either bolster the attributes that make that are making these white characters awesome or to make them more acceptable, relatable, accepting, or to be a therapy item, a therapy person, a therapy route to help the traumatized white character recognize that they were great all alone. And they just had a little fucking little fucking break with reality because the world wronged them and shared it all over them. Monica's making excuses for uh, Wanda throughout the course of uh, the series. We finally got a black woman to, to get extended camera time and this is what, what we get before mm -hmm. she got her fucking powers. Mm -hmm. um, and she stepped into that, that pocket dimension. She uh, helped birth Wanda's <laughs> artificial kids i call them artificial kids because she they are artificial she made them up her damn self mm -hmm. but she she was a uh a midwife midwife gone with the wind dear listener was a movie everybody knows we're going with the wind in america you've either you either have seen it or you know you've heard of it you know what it is scarlett o'hara uh <coughs> there was a character in the film who was played by Hattie McDaniel, who was the mammy in the film. Whatever goal Scarlett had, it was Hattie's goal. Whatever triumph uh, Scarlett had, it was Hattie's uh, um, mammy's triumph, excuse me. Whatever problem Scarlett had, it was mammy's problem. She was there to, again, bolster what made Scarlett awesome and relatable and beautiful and worthy all the way down the line. And if Scarlett had had kids, if she didn't have kids, I haven't seen that movie in a very long time, Mammy would have been the, the, mid, the midwife. That is what I thought of when I watched that scene. <laughs> Monica Rambo, this powerful, highly educated, beautiful, clever, wise, professional, military woman, a black woman now, reduced to being a midwife for a petulant Karen. She literally helped her give birth to her motherfucking babies. So she ended up being reduced to a mammy. And that's not the only time throughout the course that she is uh, uh, brazenly presented as a mammy stereotype. In 2021. In 2021. Towards the end, it might have been the final episode. The characters who had been framed as villains for attempting to stop this reality warping Karen finally had a chance to stop her. And for whatever reason, they began to fire in the general direction of these artificial twins, these artificial kids that 
Mammy Monica had helped birth. <laughs> and Monica, having her abilities, bullets are coming for the kids. Now, by the way, these kids, one kid was a reality warper himself. He could teleport. He was telepathic. He was powerful. The other kid was a speedster. Super speed. Both of these kids had been, throughout the course of their, once their powers began to emerge, they had been illustrated as quite, not only uh, capable when it came to their powers, but adept, powerful. <laughs> they could have stopped the bullets that were being fired at them by these people who were considered the villains for trying to bring in this reality warping Karen. Karen. But it didn't happen that way. Monica, the black character who helped Aunt Monica, Auntie Monica, Auntie. God, I hate that fucking expression. Steps in front of these kids to shield them with her body. With her body. It wasn't enough that she helped bring them into the world. It wasn't enough that she prostrated herself before this angry, unstoppable, illogical, irrational Karen. No matter what, how many times she told her, at one point they almost come to blows. Get the fuck away. I don't want you helping. I can do this myself. I don't fucking need you. Those things weren't bad enough. She had to literally cast her body as a shield between these two little motherfucking white kids who had their own abilities, who, were, who had been proved to be quite adept in the usage of them, to save their lives. And if it hadn't been for the fact that she herself had been empowered, she would have been shot to death. What sort of tone is that to you, my brother? Tone deaf, like completely deaf. This woman used her own body, her black body, mm. to shield these two artificial white kids from mm. bullets. Mm -hmm. That was shocking to me. Mm -hmm. I, I was probably yelling at the screen when that shit happened, man. I was, I was so fucking enraged. Yeah, because I didn't, I I couldn't believe that they did that in 2021 when we got all this stuff going on out here in the real world. Mm -hmm. Our kids and our our men and our women are being gunned down. But you got this powerful black woman. We finally get a powerful black woman in in, in this in these Marvel uh, movies and series, a Superman like woman. Mm -hmm. And what does she do? She's jumping in front of bullets to save young white kids who are capable of sa saving themselves. And their mom could have stopped it also. Mm -hmm. Like, where was she? Like, she could have did that shit. But anyway, it, it was just infuriating, man. I, I just, at that moment, I was, I really regretted looking at that, that, that whole series. Mm -hmm. Think about it this way, man. This is what you and I have spoken of before. Rather, not you, my brother, but dear listener. Think about it this way. In 2020, 2021, the show was filmed, I'm pretty sure, in 2020. Maybe a part of 2021. When our people, as you just mentioned, my brother, were being mowed, mowed down in the streets by trigger-happy cops, overzealous community guardians, or straight-up murderous motherfucking people, killing our people white people killing our people and it's all over the news it's the summer of george floyd george floyd and various other people who've been murdered black people who've been murdered by 
white people in positions of authority. And we're just being hunted for, at this point, it's for sport. Who can kill the most black people? Hmm. Here's a Cupid doll, you know, a Cupid doll. So, tone death is the best way to express what the fuck that was. The thing that I find extraordinary is that there was a first draft written, somebody had to see it and edit it. There was a second draft written, somebody had to see that and edit that. There might have even perhaps been a third draft written. Somebody had to see it and edit that. And then give it the green motherfucking light <laughs> to be filmed and to be thrust into the motherfucking world. What the fuck? Several somebody saw that, read it, and it was filmed and thrust into the motherfucking world. This black woman casting her body as a shield <laughs> between bullet-wielding law enforcement officers, even if they were military people, right? Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, they're still out there to enforce the law. Cast her body as a shield between them, literal bullets, bullets. bullets and she, and she had no idea that she was she was that that the bullets would kill her, wouldn't kill her. She didn't know she the had no idea. Of her powers. She didn't. She seemed to be at that point still confused about her abilities. Mm -hmm. So she didn't know that she wouldn't be shot dead, and she cast her body as a shield between herself and these artificial white children, who again, by the way, could have saved themselves. They could do every goddamn thing else. Or the e e even if they were killed, Wanda could have just resurrected them, That's made right. them again. Good as new. <laughs> Talk about tone death, my brother. There were certain points throughout the series where Wanda straight threatened her. At one point, she cast her the fuck out. Don't come back here. I don't want your motherfucking help. I don't need mm -hmm. your help. Yeah. The ultimate... Karen freak out. And here I come. Here I come, mammy. Here I come, mammy. Coming back. Oh, no, 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 sir. No, sir. No, sir. No, ma'am. Let me help you. Let me fucking save you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Here I come. Here I come. Here I come. Here I come to judge. Here I come to judge. You know, and looking at it, because I've viewed it again since, it, since it, the first season ended. And the show is, the series is good to me in a lot of really ways. It's very inventive. It is very clever, it's unconventional, it's extremely well acted, well written, all of those things, well cast and all of those things, shot and all of that. But those are the two things that kept it from being shit, not even an A++ or even an A. a to me, B. it's a damn F minus. Mm -hmm. Imagine how much greater it could have been to even you if <laughs> those two things hadn't been there. Because you weren't taken with it to begin with. It's like, well, but you were willing to give it a chance. You gave it a fucking chance. You gave it several chances, as it turns out. Continuing with this uh, representation discussion uh, and Marvel movies, mm -hmm. I was watching Doctor Strange the other day because mm -hmm. I started watching the whole... Uh, all, I started watching the whole uh, timeline all over again. Um. The ancient one. Mm. <laughs> I just, I enjoyed the movie, mm -hmm. but every time the ancient one is on the screen, I, it just brings it down a few notches for me. Mm -hmm. 
because in the comics, tell me if I'm wrong, the ancient one is is an Asian man. He's an he's an elderly Asian man. That's correct, brother. But in the movie, in Doctor Strange, they cast a white woman. Mm-hmm. And their excuse was that they didn't want to, well, they just didn't want to put an Asian person there and, you know, kind of make a, a caricature type mm-hmm. uh, person. But if if you're a good writer, you could put anybody in there, and you know you can write someone who is a a respectable character. That's right. A three di- respectable three dimensional character. Mm-hmm. Just don't write a fucking caricature. It should That's it could have right. been it should have been an Asian man or an Asian right. woman. Mm-hmm. If you didn't want to do an Asian person, you could have did an Arab person. Mm-hmm. Like you said, they they could have put a Native American in there. They could have put. Right. Anybody in there that that wasn't white, white, they've been represented throughout the whole series of movies enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like if if we're on this diversification kick, put a brown person in there, or a black person, or or whatever. They're, they're not white. Yeah, you're trying to diversify the 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 series of movies, and you're gonna stick another white woman in there. That brings the movie down a, a few notches for me. And the excuse that is given by Kevin Feige, and I'm sure he believed this. I'm sure he believed it as as in his own way as much as he could. Was as you've just mentioned, we did not want to risk a mean to merciless situation, a yellow face situation, a yellow menace. We didn't want to risk that. But to reiterate what it is you've just said, if you think those folks in the writer's room are going to, that they, that they may well, they may possibly stumble into that, into doing that, then you need to reconsider who's in your motherfucker's right, your motherfucking writing room. Yeah. Your writer's room. Write a character. Just write a person. That's all. Asian people eat breakfast like other folks. Asian people exercise like other folks. Asian people make love and hate and and they adore and they, they work and they grow old and all these things just like everyone else. That it would have been something, that it would have been a bit of a job to strive to not write a fucking stereotype is very telling when it comes to who you have in your goddamn writing room. Your writing room. Your writer's room. If you got to try to do the right thing on that score and you're writing a character, then you, there's an issue. Who's in your writer's room? You have any Asian people in your writer's room? You have any black folks in your writer's room? Any Native American people? Any Latino people in your writer's room? So that is indicative to me of who you have writing these characters, man. Yeah. It's unlikely that an Asian person would have written a yellow face a pie face type character. Mm-hmm. That's unlikely. It's unlikely that a black person would have done it, or a Native American person, or a Latino person would have done it. Indian person would have. Done it. So that's very telling in terms of who's in your writer's room, which means it's not nearly as diverse as you might want us to believe. One thing follows the other. Yeah. I cast that white woman, uh, uh, and I I, always, I keep wanting to call her. I ought to have looked her up. But I keep wanting to call her Amelda Stanton, but it's not Amelda Stanton. It's another woman. Kate Blanchett. That's who it is. <laughs> Kate Blanchett. They cast her in there. Galadriel in that part. 
And I do believe she's apologized as well. She's spoken about it as well. But if she had any, I'm not saying she's a racist, but she knew the character. She had to know that the character was, was Asian. And she had that sort of, or it's possible she didn't. Maybe nobody fucking told her. You yeah. know what I mean? But if she did know, and she felt conflicted about it, then she should have mentioned something to Feige or whoever the director was, producers, whatever the fuck. I know it probably doesn't go that way. But if she was aware of it, she didn't do that. Who the character actually was, the character's ethnicity. Uh, then it says something about... it. All of this shit says something about Hollywood and representation of black they, people. They don't, they don't, I don't think they, they give a fuck. Because if, if, if she turned it down... Or she had, and or she went with it to them with concerns about it. Mm. Uh, they would have just found another white woman. That's what I believe. They would just found yeah. another white woman because why not make Doctor Strange an Asian man? They yeah. could have, they could have did that. Shit, they yeah. they they made the ancient a white woman. That's right. Make Doctor Strange an Asian man. Odds are pretty uh, good that they would have recast. They would have if she hadn't been available. Kate Blanchett hadn't been available for the part for the part. They probably would have chosen another white woman because mm -hmm. they chose a white woman to begin with. Yeah. <laughs> what would stop them from doing it again? That's insane, man. It is. If you don't a... want to have a pie face character be a pie face character in a Doctor Strange film or in Shang-Chi, which by the way, they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna go out of their way to make up for that, yo. That <laughs> lack of representation. Then what you could do is write a character that's three dimensional and have the race of the character be secondary. How about that? Right. Um, one more thing about this uh, lack of representation. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, both of us have Disney Plus. And, you know, like when you go to, you click on, you go on the Marvel section. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of pins of mm -hmm. the movies up there. Mm -hmm. Like it's like nine movies at a time can be seen on the screen. Like mm -hmm. the pen of the of the movie poster or whatever. Mm -hmm. I was just casually going through and I just I stopped and I and I was just looking and I thought like ah damn. It was like nine movies on the screen at the same time and and each one of them, each one of them was headed by a white man. Multi-million mm -hmm. dollar movies, all nine of them on the screen mm -hmm. at the same time. Were headed by white men. It was disappointing. It, it made me feel kind of bad for for wanting to look at the fucking movies. Yeah. So I'm like, man, why the fuck? Why am I buying into this shit? Why am I still watching this shit? Mm. And in fact, I I I told myself that um, if they don't have any black or brown main characters in any of these movies or series, I ain't, I ain't, I'm not going to continue to watch. Mm -hmm. uh, I ain't going to continue to watch. If it's another Doctor Strange situation, I ain't watching. They, so they would say, spoiler alert for those, spoilers for those who have not seen Doctor Strange, uh, you've been warned. But uh, in Doctor Strange, they had uh, Mordo who was played by, damn man, I forget his name, but he's a fantastic actor, the black guy. Mm -hmm. 
Let's talk about representation. I can't recall the guy. Was it Dave? Was it Oyo 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 Wello? Was it's, was it it's something? Not, it's, he got a name I can't even really pronounce. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you real quick. Dear listener, they don't all look. We don't all look alike. He doesn't have <laughs> to look like him to be called David Oyo Wello. Or sorry, David, if you're hearing this, but I can't pronounce your last name at the moment. Yeah, no, it's uh, I can't even pronounce his first name. What's his, what's his name? Uh, Chiwetel. Oh, Etwali, 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 Chiwetel, something like that. Yeah, he, he, yeah, 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 okay, 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 got you. And I, I'm sure I've mispronounced uh, your name, sir, if you're listening Chiwetel, to the main. Chiwetel, yeah. Chiwetel, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Yeah, we love you. We love what you do. We don't know you, but we love you. <laughs> uh, so I guess they would consider that the representation of that film and the Doctor Strange films uh either the first one or the second one i think it might have been the second one. whichever one he was in mm -hmm. he was he played a villainous character he did a great mm -hmm. job he did but and, and black folks you mentioned this to me before black characters black actors and actresses should be allowed to play villains too yeah three-dimensional fucking villains villains that are redeemable irredeemable whatever the fuck because we're just as three-dimensional as any other race of people any other group of people are yeah or is um and he played a pretty good character, okay? Um, he wasn't a headliner. He's not what you think of when you think of Doctor Strange. Not his portrayal of that character, but of course he is uh, brilliant at what he does in those films. Uh, but I guess they felt like, okay, well, this is the representation right here. You know, or Wong, the manservant, mm -hmm. you know, who's Asian. Okay, so I gotta go. I gotta go back to what you were saying just really quickly, man. Mm -hmm. That's what lets us know that it was intentional. Because they cast the manservant <laughs> yep. as an Asian man. He yeah, has powers. He's, a, he's a, a combat magician and all of those things. But he is not the headliner. He is the manservant or sidekick of the main white character, Dr. Stephen Strange. Stephen Strange. So if they didn't have a problem casting him and he didn't come off as a yellow-faced caricature, then why the fuck was the ancient one? The ancient <laughs> One cast as a white woman. You know, I hadn't thought about that right before right now. Me neither. That's and he crazy. didn't come off like a, a bowing, bending, jittery, uh, 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 yellow face caricature. This character, the ancient one, was a character of importance. And she was cast, this character was cast by an actress that they felt like, they felt would uh, illustrate that importance, which means it was a white woman. And she was, she's awful popular and um, uh, has been at it for a while. She herself, Kate Blanchett is a fantastic actress, but she, she was miscast, man. She was miscast. And I didn't mind casting an Asian man to play this, this guy's manservant. I had never thought of that before now. They weren't that goddamn scared, were they? Not at all. Oh, I just had to say that, brother. Yeah, that's a good point. Excellent point. Mm -hmm. Valid fucking point. A true point. I don't give a damn. That's what they the did. The true motherfucking ogre. The true ogre. Yeah. <laughs> the true ogre. The true motherfucking ogre. If you are a second player, you know what that is. If you're not, you missed the bus. <laughs> the true motherfucking ogre. That's been going on for a long time. A real long time. Mm -hmm. Back whenever Superman came out. What was it? Superman 2 or Superman 3 that had Richard Pryor in there? Oh, you're not talking about the Richard Pryor film, are you? The third one? Yeah, I believe it was the third one, the second or third one. Tell me how you, 
elaborate on that one. <laughs> just, just, just briefly elaborate on that. One. Yeah, I, Richard Pryor, man. Richard Pryor was the man back then, but mm-hmm. he was cast as Superman as a uh, <laughs> uh, a weakling. They wanted him to stand beside Superman mm-hmm. to make Superman look more super. I don't know how to right. do that. I don't know why you would want to do that. But anyway, but they they chose one of the greats to do that. Oh, let me tell you, he was a fucking, he was a bumbler. He was a, <laughs> uh, he was inept. He was, he was uh, very seedy too. He was very, a sneaky seedy type motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, he was clumsy. The comic relief. The comic. I mean, he's a comic, but he was a comic relief. Like, uh, they could have, I don't know, man. That was the motherfucker Richard Pryor. The <laughs> Richard, when he was at the height of his popularity, man. Yeah. He this. And we knew what kind of comic Richard Pryor was and what he did. And he was, it's almost like he was, to me, he, it felt like he'd been defamed. Yeah. To be propped beside, the propped up beside Superman to make Superman seem more super, which the point of being Superman is that you're not going to seem more super physical. You're going to be Superman. That's who you are. And he was a, uh, you and I have spoken about this before. I just want to say, what must it be like? What must it have been like after the fact, after he played a part to look back at that character for him, who a pro black comic man mm. and see him being the motherfucking buffoon, the clown <laughs> beside Superman. I bet the money was decent. I bet the money was good for Richard Pryor, but shit, at what cost? So what this what this comes down to is where are our people that have the capital to uh, give these uh, artists mm-hmm. and writers and all this other kind of stuff, all these other kind of people, um, some help to get our stuff on these screens. Mm-hmm. Like we have the ta- we have the talent. We have the stories. We have the characters. We don't need Marvel and DC. We can do it. We can do it ourselves. That's right. We don't have to depend on them. They, these characters are cool. Marvel and DC, they cool. We like them. We love them. That's right. But what we're talking about, we're consumers. We're tired of seeing. We're we're tired of not being represented the way that we want to be represented. That's right. If we had the capital, we would, you know, put it in the hands of the people that can get that done. That's right. But we have people in our community who do have the capital, but they would rather put their funds into bringing out new vodkas or clothing lines and shoes, lawn, shoes and lingerie and yeah, you know, provocative Bullshit. music. We we are we got enough of that. You know, we we got enough of that. We need to see our faces on these screens. They put their money and their visibility and power and wisdom behind and it's not all of them but i believe it's the vast majority of them behind what i call bullshit we already have enough fucking shoes we already have enough provocative music we already had enough have enough uh kanye west-esque bullshit ass clothes to last us for fucking eons forever yeah and in the grand scheme of things those things will fade into obscurity they fade damn near as soon as they fucking come out it's boom two weeks later you don't fucking remember it the shoes the clothes the 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 the, the Pimp juice, no offense, Nelly. I like what it is you do. If you're listening, I'll, I'll, you know, give us a call. So, uh, shoes, all of these things or whatever. 
but they tend to vanish into obscurity not long after they're released. So why not put your energy, your time, your money, your wealth, your wisdom, your fame, all of those things behind things that are going to be, they're going to last in perpetuity. Superman has been around for almost 100 years. The X-Men have been around for 60 fucking years. Captain America has been around since the fucking 30s. These are all white characters. Wonder Woman has been around for 50-something years. Okay? So we're not going to be talking about those ridiculous and ghastly, tasteless fucking clothes that Kanye <laughs> West is coming out with 50 fucking years. Now, are we? Anybody going to remember that? Nah. And it's not going to cause anyone to think better of themselves either. It's not going to inspire anyone to fucking greatness unless you inspire you aspire to be an asshole. Okay, <laughs> people aren't going to be thinking about that. So Tyler Perry, Will Smith, Jada Smith, okay, uh, uh, Jay Z, uh, Beyonce, Jay Z, Beyonce, Mona Mayweather. Yeah, we don't we don't we don't like him, but shit, he he claims to be fucking pro black. Pro black. Put your motherfucking money where your where your ass is. Put your money in places that that are going to inspire our people. The next generation and a generation after that of our fucking people give yeah. give us a fucking platform we are the consumers we're this is a plea That's to right. all y'all out there listening that have the ability to to to, to make something like this fucking happen do right we need, by we us. need more of that we do do right by us we don't need any more tyler perry. i love what you do to tyler perry as much as i can but we don't need any more diaries of mad <laughs> black burleys we don't need that Okay? We don't need to see uh, more black women being traumatized and being caught for three hours in the throes of motherfucking twerking on a kind of some asshole man. We don't need to see that, no. right? We don't need to see people going, uh, black men going Boston fucking piglet because they're locked up in a motherfucking prison and they can't get out wrongfully on a kind of wrongful convictions. We've had enough of that. It's okay that that's out there, that's a narrative because these things do happen in real life. But goddamn, like expand your horizons a little bit. Do it for your fucking people. Do it for your people. No, we can't tell you what to do with your money. We can't tell you what to do with your time and your energy and your attention. But we are consumers. We are both ourselves. We are creators as well. Okay? Mm -hmm. And you have individuals who are black or who are black who don't have it like you do. Case in point, guy named Dwayne McDuffie wrote for DC. Big damn near seven, six ten, six eleven. If there's a such, if there's such a goddamn height, <laughs> black guy, a certified genius, a black man, Dwayne McDuffie wrote for the Power Company. He wrote a comic based in the um, in the uh, early nineties, late eighties, early nineties about. Uh, it was about a, co a corporation that sent out cleanup crews. And what they did was they, they cleaned up after these big battles in New York and California and South America, whatever. That was their whole thing. The power company went out and righted the wrongs at battles between superheroes and supervillains and aliens and shit did. Very good book. Very good series, man. Uh, he was so brilliant at what he did that he was hired, black or not. I don't think there had been a black, white, black, black writer, writer excuse me, on the Justice League of America at that point and said, fuck that, this dude is a goddamn genius, <laughs> quite literally, and he is a fuck. He's one fuck of a gifted storyteller. So they put him on Justice League, and he wrote that. He wrote for Fantastic Four. 
Okay? He and, and when that wasn't enough for him, even before them, him and an artist named Dennis Cowan, uh, Brian Stelfreeze, quite a few other people got together and said, fuck it, we're not going to go with Marvel, we're not going to go with DC or Wildstorm. I don't think Wildstorm even existed. In fact, I'm sure it didn't. We're going to create the Dakotaverse filled with our people, black, brown people, women, men, young, old, whatever the fuck. And they did it and they did it to they were goddamn satisfied, like Booker T and them said, okay? <laughs> Did a really great job at it. But Dwayne McDuffie, as brilliant and as gifted and as awesome and powerful and he and his, as he and his collaborators were, they just didn't have the money that Marvel had behind them, man, or that DC had behind them. And so eventually, the uh, Dakotaverse with Icon and Rocket and Static Shock and Hardware and so many other characters fell into, into obscurity. Right now, it's being resurrected for like the third or fourth time. But of course, you know, rest in peace, Dwayne McDuffie died of a heart attack in 2011. 2010, 2011, I believe it was. And so it sucks that our people a lot of times will have the genius and we will have the brilliance. We will have the, 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 the fortitude, right? We will have the imagination and the verve, but we don't have the fucking money. Or you have motherfuckers who have all the money and are sorely lacking in those other in those in the other areas. But Jay Z has the money. Beyonce has the money. Okay, fucking uh, Will Smith, as far as we're concerned, as far as we know, and Jada Pinkett Smith have the money. Okay, Tyler Perry, damn sure got the money, and he's got. <laughs> Two production studios. I think he's purchasing another or creating another production studio, if I'm not much mistaken. He's got everything he needs. Yeah. To put some bass in that piss. Right? To put some bass in that motherfucking piss. But he chooses not to do it. And we can't tell people what to do with their money and what to do with their visibility, what to do with their stardom and all of that. But goddamn, now there are only so many Medea films you can make. Yeah. Do something, please. Yeah. Please do something. Yeah. Um. Because it's it's like I said, it's a sad situation. When we were growing up, we didn't we didn't we we didn't have that representation. Mm -hmm. We don't have it now. Um, it might be too late. Well, and I was about to say it might be too late for us, but not really because we still like to use our imaginations. You know, when, you know, throughout our life, um, we still like reading and watching these stories. But I really feel bad for the ones coming up, the young ones coming up that don't mm -hmm. have that representation. We need yeah. that shit. We, do. we need it badly. We need, yeah. When you were a kid, when you imagine having Superman's abilities, for instance, the flight, the strength, the invulnerability, X-ray vision, ice, Arctic breath, all of those things. Uh, when you would visualize yourself using these abilities, how did you visualize yourself when you were a child physically, Mark? <laughs> probably, probably as a white man. Yeah. As a white man. I, mm -hmm. Because I wanted the little, what you call it, a spit curl yeah, a that Superman curl. used to have. Mm -hmm. I used to uh, pull, you know, we used to wear tube socks. I used to pull the, uh, the blue thread out and put it on my forehead like I had a oh, little wow. spit curl. Did you? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, have a towel tucked into my, my T-shirt and run around the house thinking thinking I was flying or pretending I was mm -hmm. flying. Mm -hmm. Wow. We've been best friends and brothers 
for 30 years, but I never knew that about the little the little <laughs> spit curl thing. Yeah. I never knew that, man. I just learned something. Here, <laughs> live on the main satellite. My brother just taught me something new about himself. I thought I knew everything about you. Look, look, I used to do a um uh I used to do, do one when I when I was when I wanted to be Superman, but when I wanted to be Michael Jackson, it would be like four. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know that either. <laughs> That's crazy. I will tell you, although I'm not shocked about the Michael Jackson thing. I, I got to tell you. I'm not shocked about that, man. But I have just learned something new about my brother and best friend of 30 goddamn years. I never knew that, man. And I can speak to that as well. What I would imagine myself as a kid using all of Superman's otherworldly abilities and human abilities, I pictured my, it's very odd because I pictured myself as Brody, but also as a white man, because that was the character. The character was white. And that's some bizarre, downright troubling shit, because if you and I were doing it, how many other black kids were doing it? Yeah. Shaft was cool, okay? Richard Roundtree was, was very fucking cool. Okay, Vivica Fox, Foxy Brown, Black Coffee, all these characters are cool, but they were street level. We're talking about characters that, if put to the test, they could win, they could win in a battle for the fate of the motherfucking universe or the fate of the earth. I'm not diminishing black exploitation characters, they're fucking awesome, they still are, but goddamn, ain't but so much they could do. Yeah. We need that fantasy. Um stuff we do we definitely do you know people might say who are hearing this why aren't you guys creating well my brother and i do create every day we're artists in various ways but we don't have we do what we can to contribute to what we're talking about but we don't have tyler perry money we don't own production studios we don't have will smith uh candor and likability on a public stage, right? We're not open with her. We don't have her her visibility. I will say one other thing about that. A Wrinkle in Time, which is a film you and I saw <laughs> in 2018, it was a fantasy film. It wasn't exactly super heroics or anything like that. Not that just that's what we're talking about all the way around, dear listener. It's more like all the way around horror, science fiction, fantasy, whatever. But it was a fantasy film. And it had black characters in it, Oprah herself being one of these characters. And as much as we felt, we were falling asleep on that fucking film. Like, it was not a good fucking film. But you got to give her credit. We got to give her credit for, for putting her money behind that. Her and Ava Duvernay or Duvernay or sorry, Ava, if you're hearing this. Um, we got to give them credit. No, it wasn't a good film at all. <laughs> it wasn't a good <laughs> film. But they got behind it. And that's what mattered. And they yeah. cast characters that were of color. That was enough at that time to be getting on with. It has to start somewhere. That's yeah. what you always say, brother. It's got to start somewhere. People may be saying, like, why are we all up in arms about fantasy stories and characters and stuff like that? <laughs> we need a balance. You mentioned those black exploitation movies. They're street level. They deal in, in the real murder and all that other kind of stuff. You know, it's cool. They, those characters are cool. And we also have real life heroes, but it's, it's reality. So why can't we have a balance? Why can't we have, you know, fantasy world heroes?
We need that. They can inspire people to do great things too. They definitely can. They've they inspired do. me to they do have. a lot of great things personally. Yeah. You think about Greek mythology or Roman mythology, you know, and those characters. Uh, and there are people in the world who still, and there are characters, these gods and goddesses and demigods and creatures of the, you know, world, um, nymphs and dryads and all of that. They are still inspiring people to this day. And they were created thousands of motherfucking years ago. As were the Egyptian gods. Um, the There's a holiday that's named after one of these motherfucking gods. One of these ideas. Wednesday. Woden's Day. Before Woden became modernized as Odin. It was Woden. Wednesday, Wednesday. That's how far that sort of thing can stretch. We have a day of the week here, man. That's named after this being, this character, this fantasy that was created thousands of years ago. So if anybody listening to this thinks, like as, as you've just said, my brother, that it's not important that these can't go on in perpetuity and positive ways, think about that. Think about the fact that Superman has been around for damn near 100 years and is more popular now than ever. Wolverine, the X-Men, all these characters, Captain America, all these characters. How many motherfucking uh, um, guys went to uh, 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 went, went into service thinking about Captain America back in the uh, 30s, 40s, and 50s? I just want to inter interject this. It could be a whole nother podcast. Those stories, the Superman, X-Men, all that, those are our stories any motherfucking way. Mm -hmm. They are. They just took our stories and put white faces on them. That's right. We'll do a whole nother podcast about that. So stay we will. tuned to the and main satellite. Yeah. But go ahead. I'm sorry. Main. No, you're fine, brother. The main motherfucking satellite. We, we, and that is, that's a whole wealth of discussion of information there and wisdom uh, and knowledge. But think about how many individuals went to uh, uh, when Captain America was first released or first created, and then after that, as the character gained, gained popularity, how many young men and women went to war in whatever capacity they could to be like Captain America? These are 15, 16, 17, 18-year-old young men and women, man, who admired this character. They wanted to stand for something, and the character stood for them. And people are still doing it right now. Right now. Captain America is just one, ex one example. Same thing for fucking Superman. Doing the right fucking thing. These characters, even though they're fictional, they inspire us to greatness. They have altered the course of our lives. What would Superman do? What would Batman do? What would Spider-Man do? What would, and every now and again, now we have what would Blade do or what would Black Panther do, T'Challa do? But it hasn't always been that way. This is a fairly recent phenomenon with us. These characters change fucking lives, man. And we need them now. We needed them and we still need them. And the balance is necessary. There are certain times when I'll call Shaft. I'll call uh, uh, Brown Cough, right? I'll call, I'll call Blackula. But there's sometimes I want Blade, right? I want Black Panther. I want Storm. I want Icon, right? I want fucking Rocket. I want Static Shock. There needs to be a balance. And we need it now. Now, now, now! <laughs> Y'all put some bass in y'all piss and, and, and make it happen. Make it happen. You hear me?
<laughs> I agree with my brother. Absolutely. Can you do something for the listeners before we uh before we call it uh we call it a show? You know what I'm gonna you know what I'm gonna ask you. <laughs> On Richard Pryor. Superman and Richard Pryor. <laughs> can you set this can you set the scene for me? Uh yeah, uh, you know, Superman flying, but he's holding Richard Pryor. And <laughs> you know, obviously Richard Pryor can't fly in the movie. But anyway, he he's holding Richard Pryor, and Richard Pryor is just like terrified and doing shit like oh, 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 oh. <laughs> the thing that makes it so funny to me is uh, number one is so fucking accurate, and also the way you do it is accurate. And also, when you were a kid, when I was a kid, I swore up and down, man, that not many other people would actually like. They would notice it, but they would soon forget it. I didn't think thirty some years old, <laughs> forty years old, there would be somebody in the world I would know who could fucking do that and who would remember it. And it's in your, it's in your head. Yeah, that shit's hilarious, man. <laughs> now, imagine if Richard Pryor, instead of doing that, had been in the part. Not in his Superman role, but in his own a role of his own, mm-hmm. in terms of being a force for good and righteousness and uh, strength and cleverness and kindness. So he wouldn't have to be Superman. He could be his own character, whatever the fuck. He would be what we'd be remembering forty years down the line. Damn, sure would. Much in the way of blood, Richard Pryor in the role that he filled. We love Richard Pryor. But I believe he did that for the check. And maybe just for a love, he probably had like so many of so many other black young black boys and girls like us, a childhood love with Superman. So he probably jumped at that. Yeah, fuck it, I'm gonna do it. And I'm getting paid to. I'm Richard Pryor. Hmm. With the mustache, you know. <laughs> yeah. Anything so, else you want to say, my brother? Nah, just telling the listeners to tune in. Continue to tune in. Come on back. Come on, bike. To the come main on. satellite. Come home. You can come <laughs> on home. We got the inches that you're not getting otherwise, as my brother once said. And we'll give them to you, but you got to be present to get them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can find us on Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, TikTok. Just look us up. Mm-hmm. The main satellite. The main motherfucking satellite. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time on the main satellite. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, folks. All right, have a good night, bro. Take it easy, bro. All right. All right.